What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to True North Talk. Uh, this is episode 16. We had a little bit of a, what would you call it, Peter? A lull? Yeah, a little bit of a lull or, or a delay, whatever whatever sounds better. I think maybe delay sounds a little bit better. I think, eh, I like lull. It's more uh, <laughs> weird, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Episode 16, uh, we got a few cool co- cool topics to talk about this episode. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world. We got some crypto news. Uh, I'm First of all, I want to send out my condolences this episode to anybody who owns crypto because <laughs> I saw that I think JP Morgan, uh, Chase Bank or whatever, labeled it the biggest crash since the 2008 housing crisis. Wow. They compared the crypto crash of 2022 to the housing market crisis. Yeah. So, yeah, send out the condolences. Um, but I also want to commend all those who have diamond hands, like myself. Keep holding. Hodl to the end. Yep. We are saving this baby all the way. Doge to the moon. Or even, or even buying some more, too. Shout out to those people. Exactly. This is a good yeah. time to buy it's right now. The perfect time to buy, man. That's the thing. We'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. So that's one topic. Uh, second topic, we're going to, well, I guess chronologically, we're going to dive into scripture first, but the next thing, the last thing we're going to talk about is, uh, work a little bit like working out tips, stuff that we've been talking about recently and some, I guess, advice or just things that we've learned, um, as we continue to get into that world of, of physical fitness and discipline. So pretty interesting episode this week, Peter. And, uh, I think we're going to start off by reading some scripture just to get right into the word first. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and grab that first one, and, and just a, a brief uh, explanation of what we're talking about this episode, we're going to be going into some discipleship uh, conversation and what it means to be a disciple. Can you be a Christian and not be a disciple? Um, you know, and just we'll see how the conversation goes. I, I have some ideas I want to go into, but yeah, if you want to go ahead and read, we're going to start off in Matthew 28, 8 through, 18 through 20. Yeah. I'll get get into that, and so we picked out we picked out four passages for for this podcast today. So, like Joe said, we're going to be starting in Matthew chapter twenty eight, verses eight through eighteen through twenty. Then Jesus said to them, then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age." I think this is a pretty real quick. I just want to offer my thoughts before I throw it throw it over to you, Joe. I think this is a really well known passage among Christians who have been in the church for a while, but I think it's it's one that we don't always put into practice. I'm, I, you know, yes. it's, it's easy to say this one. You know, the the therefore, especially verse nineteen, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But I think the the question, and I'm sure we'll get I mean, into this and, more. And the question is. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. We're we're having a little lag here. To finish what you're going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say it's you know how often are we? The question is how often are we actually living that out? Hmm. Yeah, we can definitely all work on that. I think it's a challenge. Um. Uh, but I had a couple points. So first of all, we read over that. Um. But looking at that scripture, Peter, what what does Jesus want us to become? Like, what does it say there? Verse to nineteen. Be- to be disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that, that God's commanded of us. Yes. And, and then there's a little little bit of encouragement there at the end, too. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Right. And what do you think Christian, the word Christian or disciple, which one of those words do you think appears more in the New Testament? I'm going to I'm going to assume disciple. It, it sounds like the the right answer rather than Christian. Yes. I feel like Christian is a term that was adopted more after after the the New Testament was written. So the word Christian appears three times hmm. in the New Testament. The word disciple appears 270 times. Wow. So it's kind of crazy because that kind of puts in perspective like, man, like America, everybody in the church in America, everybody's like, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But are you a disciple? Right? That's a great question. Because like, what does it really mean? Because like discipleship is what Jesus wants us to do. We go out and make disciples and not get lazy in our faith and get comfortable. So there was actually another scripture I was going to read with this one. Um, I think I'm going to pull it up real quick. I mean, you, I guess you could read it so we can stay on track if you want. Would you want to look this up real quick? Yeah, it's I can. Acts, Acts 11, 19 through 26. All right, and so you want me to go ahead and read that right now? Sure. All right, so this is the subtitle for this section is just called The Church in Antioch. So I'm assuming this is Paul writing either about or to the, the church in Antioch. Um, so it starts in verse 19 of chapter 11 in Acts. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Right. So even at the end there, disciples were called Christians. Hmm. Do you think that, and there's another thing at the beginning here. Um, we had uh, those who have been scattered by the persecution uh, spreading the word among only Jews. And then you had some of them who uh, began to speak to the Greeks also, which was actually unpopular, right? Mm. Because the Jews, the Jews were God's people. Um, like you have the Jews and the Gentiles, not not all. It's almost like Jews saw J people that were not Jews as if not even like a bad thing, but it's like you're just not a part of the Jews. Like God, the Jews are God's people. Period. They were exclusive. The Gentiles were yeah. grafted in. It's like the yeah, it's like the olive branch type of metaphor. Um, but let's see what was I going to say there at the end. Um, yeah, okay. So at the end, this, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So do you think you can be a Christian without being a disciple? That's that's actually what I was about to say when I when I was when I you know when you said that last part, um, the way that you said it was being a disciple really comes before being a Christian, because really. Getting to the root of it, I'm not sure if this is like, I would assume it's probably a Greek Greek translation. It might be from another language, but Christians literally means little Christ. Um, and it was actually, I know my dad's talked about this before. Shout out, uh, shout out, shout out my dad for, for this. Uh, 
you know, they they were originally called Little Christ, and it was actually meant as like kind of an insult at the time. Um, but now it's it's become something where you know it's something that we can be proud of. But but before being a Christian, before being a Little Christ, and by living as as Christ lived, you know, we have to be willing and able to be disciples first. Hmm. Yes. And so I I did ask that question. I think you gave me a. <laughs> kind of the answer I was looking for, but I want everybody uh, listening to this to kind of ponder that question. Can you be a Christian without being a disciple? Hmm. Um, but as you're pondering that question, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next scripture. So we have Mark 1, 14 through 18. Um, and this says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. So, first of all, Peter, my question for you is, how would you respond if you were in uh, Simon and Andrew's shoes here? Do you think that you would just leave your net and follow Jesus, this guy that he's claiming, people say he might be the son of God, he might be the Messiah, blah, blah, blah. Like, think, okay, think in your terms, right? You're a journalist Mm -hmm. in Nebraska. You worked through college, you worked so hard to get to this point, you had a job in your field, you're looking to do this for a career. Imagine some guy shows up with a couple dudes and it says, come follow me. Would you give up everything? You give your apartment, let go, your family? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna follow him. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I want to, I want to give, I want to give the uh, the Sunday school answer and say, yeah, of course I would. But I mean, let's be honest, it, it is, it would be very, very difficult to give up, give up some of those things. And I mean, really yeah, can you can you imagine things. being in their shoes, man? Like <laughs> it's it's pretty tough to imagine, even though, even though even though one of them shares shares a name with me. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, that's, right, that's, that's right. why I was given that name. Is you know, both of my parents well, Peter, being strong strong believers, they you know they realize the importance of biblical names. Right. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't... Okay, so Simon... It Was it Simon Peter from the jump, or did he eventually come become Peter because he became Jesus said, Peter because you'll be called Peter? Because Jesus said, probably later in Acts, maybe? Or, or maybe... It, no, it might have been one of the Gospels. I'm not sure. Because Jesus did come back in Acts, but um, for like the very first couple of chapters. So it probably was one of the Gospels where he said... You'll be called Peter, which means the rock, because on this rock I will build my church. And so that's why. So okay. he wasn't Simon Peter from the jump, but once Jesus gave him that name, I think it's Kephas in Greek, I believe, is what, what Peter's name Kepha, is. Kepha. Yes, Kepha. Yeah. I, I, the reason I know that is because my dad knows some Hebrew and he... he uh, or Hebrew, maybe not Greek, yeah. Yeah, it's it's Kepha. Well, maybe maybe it is Kephas in Greek. I think it's Kephas in, in Greek, yeah. There okay, we go. but yeah. I know in, in Hebrew it's Kepha. Okay. So that's kind of besides the point. But I guess yeah. the point of this, uh, you know, Mark 1, 14, 18, it's like it puts in perspective because I think it's easy to just gloss over this. and Oh, of course I would have followed Jesus. But just imagine these guys, they left everything at an instant. Hmm. So it, it kind of goes to show you, uh, again, it's, it, back to the question, right? Can you be a Christian not be a disciple? But also the boldness of which they acted. It sets the example for us. And I think it's easy to forget sometimes. 
at once kind of what they what they went through right 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 they dropped everything at once yeah this is at once they left their nets and followed him so it's just it's amazing to think about that hmm. um but with that being said do you want to go ahead and jump into luke uh 923 26 through 26 yeah i just wanted to add one more quick thing and i don't want to give you know too much credit to us as you know as christians nowadays but i feel like there are different ways that we can do this and for some people it is something like you know like my dad what he what he did when he became first a youth pastor and then eventually a pastor he gave up a pretty pretty solid lucrative career in in finance and um you know gave all that up to become a youth pastor um so yeah there are some situations for some of us where that is what god's calling us to do but for others it's it's you know living a life in a, a secular world that that sets an example for people where they wonder you know you know what's what's different about this person why don't they they do the things that that the world does and so that's i mean for some of those things like you know like drinking like like having sex before marriage like all that stuff that the world considers okay you know as christians we're we're called to give that stuff up at once yeah come and follow me yep but like you're saying there is a point <clears throat> there is a point about you know do you have to work in ministry? Um, and that's honestly a question that I think I should, and I will, like try to uh, set aside more time to look into that specifically. But I, I think that, you know, as part of our responsibility as men especially, but people in this world um, is to, well, as Christians, is to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we be a disciple, right? I mean, you can easily be a disciple in the workplace, just by the way you carry yourself, mm-hmm. just by the way that you conduct yourself. But it's also important to have those conversations, to ask people, um, you know, do you believe in God? Like, are you, have you ever pondered these questions, like, about the universe, about the life and everything? Uh, it's important to have these conversations in the workplace, no matter where you go. So I don't think that you necessarily have to work in ministry as a full-time job. Right, because technically, when you like when you think about it, like for example, you let's say you go to these sports games to cover these games, right? You're you're at a baseball game, you're sitting next to people, you're having conversations. There's no difference, in my opinion, between having a conversation with somebody like in that setting versus working at a church and going to the grocery store and you work as a in ministry, um, and then you have a conversation with somebody when you're out doing something. Like, there's no difference to me. In that you're still being a disciple. I would say right? I would say the only difference is that's your primary focus when you work in ministry, like as either a pastor or a worship leader or a, a, an elder or a deacon or something like that. That's your like well, and even elder and deacons normally that's not their like salary job. You know, they're even doing it kind of in more of like a volunteer role. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would just say the only slight difference is for people who are like paid to be in ministry. Um, it is like, that's their full-time commitment, but I mean, they, it's not like they do anything radically different than what, you know, us quote unquote regular people do in, in our everyday ministry, you know, of being, being examples of what, what Christ, who Christ was and, you know, sharing, sharing the good news of Christ, of the gospel. I actually, I'm looking over, uh, Luke, the one you're going to read here in a few seconds. Um, and I think it's perfect what we're just talking about so if you want to read that that'd be that'd be fantastic yeah 
So again, this is Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 26, if you want to follow along or look it up after the podcast. Um, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So 23. Mm-hmm. Take up, taking up your cross. That's like a popular term, right? Like we hear that a lot in, in the, the church. church. Yeah. Like take up your cross, take up your cross. But when you really think about it, what does it mean? The cross was a brutal brutal way to die a lot of a lot of like historians say it was potentially if not the most brutal way to die one of the most brutal one of the most brutal ways to die Mm -hmm. so uh i mean let's like translate that you must take up your cross you must uh take up your electric chair in modern modern terms right yeah (laughs) (laughs) what would people think if they said if you said that right because the electric chair is a it's a way of getting uh, capital punishment. Yep. The cross is capital punishment back in those days. So let's read this scripture in today's language. Whoever wants me to be my disciple, which again, back to the original question, can you be a disciple or Christian without being a disciple? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. But we're going to get more into that, like I said. So I'm going to leave that up for now to think about still. Mm-hmm. But whoever wants to be my disciple, technically whoever wants to be a Christian, must deny themselves and take up your electric chair daily to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> daily like, too. It's not. It's not a daily. one-time thing where you just you give it up for for one time in your life, for one day. You know the day that you maybe the day that you become saved. It's not. It's not that. It says daily, and there are daily sacrifices daily. that you have to. They have to make to be a, a true disciple and, and a, a true Christian. And we should expect you know the pain, like or not even just pain, like oh you're gonna live a terrible life. But you should expect hardship mm-hmm. as a Christian. I was going to say difficulties, and I think yeah. That is the point of this scripture. And even the next one, 24, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Mm-hmm. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. I mean, those are, those are powerful words, dude. Whoever loses their life for mm-hmm. me, because not, like, not everybody's going to be a martyr, right? No, but not everybody's going to die, literally die for their faith. Like, right. You know, deny God or you're going to die type thing. You're not going to do that. But that's not even talking about that. It's talking about whoever loses their life. Like, what would that mean to lose your life? It that's, could that's be. That's a question. If, if you want me to answer that question, I would say it's, you know, giving up, you know, either your, your old way of living or, you know, again, like we talked about already earlier, potentially even giving up the career that, that may, maybe you spent years building up for yourself. Um and time and effort and you know blood sweat and tears and all that into into whatever you're doing but yeah i mean it could be as as far as you know giving that up or it could just be giving up the old habits that you that you had you know the sinful habits that you had when you were you know when you weren't saved yeah yeah that's a good answer um i think that's that's pretty uh all-encompassing um, but when you think about, okay, like losing your life, like what would you define, what would you think most people define success as? Money. Money's probably the main Money. one. 
money, power, fame, respect, right? People liking you, right? Yeah. But, and we, and again, we have more scripture to get into, but off the surface, um, we already know this because we've read other scriptures, but are people going to like you a lot for being a Christian? No. No. They're not going to like you a lot. In fact, they're going to chastise you for being a Christian. Oh, yeah. this dude thinks he's better than everybody. Oh, a little, like, dude, Jesus said to Jesus said to the disciples, uh, real quick, um, if, if you don't mind, real quick, uh, yeah. he said, yeah. like, the world will despise you because of me. Jesus said that to the, to the disciples in one of the Gospels. And even that, even what you just said, Jesus said that to the to the disciples. Mm-hmm. But we're disciples, right? As exactly. Christians. Yeah. So when you say that, it's like Jesus said that to us. Mm-hmm. The world will hate you because it once hated me. So we should expect to be hated. And that's not good because we all want friends, right? Yeah. It's like everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants influence. That's my back to my original question about their life. Man, like you, you want a lot of. Everybody wants a lot of friends. They want to be liked. They want success, money, um, all these types of things. But that's a powerful line, man. Like whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Hmm. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Man, that cuts deep, right? It convicts yeah. you. I think also real quick, because um, I'm assuming we're probably going to move on to the next next passage here uh, quickly, yeah. but. Uh, Verse 26, I think, also stands out to me. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. That is very, to use a term that you already used, very all-encompassing. That can be, you know, you know, if we're, if we kind of hide our faith and our beliefs under, you know, it's it's like hiding it under a lampshade. It's... Or like hiding a lamp under a basket or something like that. No light's going to get out. I think that's a, a, a picture that, that it is used even in the Bible. Um, and so we're, right. if we're ashamed of what, what the Bible says and what we believe in, then, I mean, it says here that the Son of Man, which is, you know, Son of Man, Son of God are interchangeable. The son, so Jesus in this, in, this, uh, in this wording, you know, if whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the Holy Angels. So... I think for me that I'm glad we kind of had two two different things that stood out to us from this passage because that's a good thing to kind of get two insights into it. But I think for me that's the one that stands out even more is you know we can't be ashamed of of the gospel and of the of the true you know of the truth of the Bible. I think that's really really important to 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 think about because the truth cuts deep. And actually, that's a great. Uh kind of like segue into the next point here because the what I, the next point is going to be like uh understanding the cost mm-hmm. the true cost of being a disciple like what yeah. does it really mean because if you're going to publicly tell people like we see this a lot with people that are new new christians quote unquote you know people newly saved they get excited about it they tell everybody but it's important before you do that to understand what you're getting yourself into hmm. like do you really want to do this you know, because it's a very challenging, very hard life. Yep. Let's be honest. It is. That, that's not to say that it's miserable. You know, we take joy in his commands. Previous mm-hmm. podcast episodes, yep. shout out to the past episodes. Yeah. But, um, you know, we have joy in, in Christ. And that's, you know, we have our church family and community, and that's why it's so important to have those things. But it's a hard life, man. It really is. As a Christian, it's challenging. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read Luke 14, 25 through 33. Um, 
and this is kind of going to wrap everything up about this discipleship question. What does it mean to be a disciple? And in fact, I'm reading on BibleGateway.com. I'm not sure if you're there, Peter. Yeah. But it actually even says at the top here, the section title is The Cost of Being a Disciple. Yep. So it's, it's kind of perfect. But I'm going to go ahead and read here. So verse 25, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be, be my disciple. I'm going to read that one more time just for emphasis. If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, their wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation, you're not able to finish it. Anyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't even able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, will he send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace? In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. That is, that is powerful stuff, man. Whoever does not hate their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, cannot be my disciple. Which, again, back to the original question, can you be a Christian without being a disciple? Based on the so. scripture, I, I don't think so. Yeah. So he's, this is what Jesus is saying here is you cannot be a Christian if you, even, if you don't hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters in your own life. Now, obviously, that's not saying everybody's father and mother, like Peter, you're not going to hate your dad and your mom. They're mm -hmm. saved. They're in the church. Like, But, man... What do you make of that? What do you make of that first part there? It's, I think it's more that, like, if you put those people before, before God and before your, your faith and your belief in God, then that's when it's an issue. Because obviously, hating anybody is, is a sin that's laid out in the Bible. You know, hate is, I mean, it's, it literally says, Jesus says earlier in, I think, Matthew, and it's probably in, in the other Gospels too, you know, if you hate somebody in your heart, you've already killed them. So obviously here, it's it's not saying that we have to, to hate people in the way that we think of hating people. Um, and it, obviously here, it, it makes it hit home closer where it says you have to, you know, hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. What it means here is, you know, it, again, it's not saying that we hate them in the terms that we would think of it, like, you know, that we absolutely despise them and we, we hate their guts and everything. What it's saying here is that we simply can't put put them before god yeah and i think that um there is some hyperbole here mm -hmm. in the language i think it was purposely said by by jesus that i mean father and mother that's as close as you can get yep i mean who else do you have that's closer in a lot of times and not everybody has a, a father and mother they're close to but a lot of times most people have like some, people. even if you don't have parents that you're close figure, to, you probably have right. some parent parental figure. Yeah, even if it's a grandparent or even just a, a mentor or something like that. Everybody has somebody who's older. Um, and the both of us, we don't have the middle ones, you know, yet. You know, maybe in a few years we'll be able to understand that one better of, of a wife and children. Um, but then, you know, you have a brother and I have a brother and a sister. And so that's, I mean, they're, you know, 
I would say they're probably parents are maybe a little bit closer, but I mean, you're pretty, I'm, I'm pretty close to my siblings and I, I think you are too, to your brother. So, you know, that's, that's pretty tough to eh. hear too. Siblings can get on our nerves sometimes, but, but we still love them. So we love them, but, but we don't no, like no, them. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Love them. not like, if you have siblings, you know uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> And, you know, no, actually, though, on a serious note, that's actually an interesting, like, conversation point because I was just talking about this with somebody else. I think a lot of people have it in their mind that they, like, their their blood family, their cousins or aunts, uncles, Mm -hmm. even mom and dad sometimes, that they have to be, like, so close and and personal with these people. Mm -hmm. But, again, you have the question, like, okay, if this person is saved and their family's not, likelihood is you're going to be more close with your church family, man, than even your blood family. And there's it's nothing better wrong for you, with that. yeah, yeah. Right, right. There's nothing wrong with that. But going back to this about hating your parents, that's math. We're in, uh, sorry, we're in Luke 25, or 14 through 25, 14, 25, 33, geez. There we go. Um, but paralleling, paralleling that with another gospel, Matthew 10, 37, which I think is important to do, kind of like to cross-reference and see what the, the context is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Hmm. So uh, reading that, it's kind of like um, the interpretation is probably uh, hate is probably meaning like you're you're pri- more primarily loving your family over God. Yeah. Not necessarily, oh, I hate my mom and dad. Right. But it's just that you're putting them above God. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a relative thing here. Rel- relative hate. Right, and and we, I mean, you see it a lot, right? People think like their parents are God, basically. <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. Like whatever the parents say about them, they live their life according to that, even as adults. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it's important to have the proper interpretation because, like you said, loving your brother is a command. Yep. It's what Jesus told us to do. Honor your father um, and mother too. Exactly. Exactly. So okay, so that's twenty five. Um, but again, we look. We see in thirty-three. You want to go ahead and read thirty-three one more time, and yeah, we can kind of expand on that. So, in the same way, and this is this is Jesus still talking here. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Everything. Yeah. Right. Everything, not just anything. Everything. Like, what does it mean to give up everything? Back to even what we we're talking about earlier, working out, giving up everything. Sometimes you have to give up everything you want to do we all wake up we have well we have stuff we want to do we got stuff we got to get done but you you know in your mind like we were just talking about this the other day right peter yep. it's like i know i want to do this but i need to put everything to the side for an hour i know it's mm-hmm. going to suck this is going to hurt my yeah. muscles are going to be in pain but i have to do it oh yeah 100%. it's almost like the same thing here it's like i know what i could be doing I know that there's pleasure. I know there's these things you want to enjoy sometimes, but I, I got to sacrifice it, you know, because well, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. You finish your thought first. I would say because the, the bigger picture in mind is that again, it says here, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot be a true follower of Christ. If you're not willing to give up everything, mm-hmm. including, you know, I know personally one of the biggest things with me is I, I love I love having friends. I love it. I mean, I'm a very social person. Mm-hmm. I always try to make friends with everybody, but sometimes 
a lot of the times, actually, you're not going to be able to make friends with, with people that are of the world at the end of the day because ultimately you cannot connect. Or at least not deep you know friendships, I mean? yeah. It might be surface not level. Not deep. Yeah. Right, not deep, true friendships that last yeah. ages and years mm-hmm. and years and years. So, yeah, but what were you going to say? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, even, like, if if it ever came to a point where working out came before, you know, before spending time with God, which thankfully it hasn't yet. That's, you know, that's the first thing I do when I, when I wake up in the yeah. morning yet. <laughs> I say, yeah, just because I don't want to promise that it'll never happen, but I, I'll do my best to make sure that it doesn't. Um, Cause you, you know, don't know, <laughs> you don't know how swole you're going to get. It's going to change your mindset. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Or how swole I'm trying to get. And then it, it becomes guys, a, too much of a commitment. Yeah. You guys should see Pete right now. He's wearing the South beach, uh, Miami teal tank top <laughs> looking jacked. <laughs> But yeah, but, but I mean, if, if if that ever if that ever came first, then that's when it's an, it, it, then it'd be an issue, and I'd have to give that up too. Um, but, it's not look, it's not just working out either, right? I mean, exactly. what, what could it be? Like, what are some examples you can think of, like other in people's lives that they're probably could be putting in front of God? I mean, there there's there are very few, and I would I would argue none, no jobs that will take up your entire waking hours. And some people though will make that an excuse and they'll put work before, before spending time with God. Um, and yeah, it's, it's easy for me to say because my hours are very, very flexible with when I'm covering games and stuff. But even, even people who work like, you know, 12 hour, even longer than that shifts, you know, you're still awake for at least a little bit of time. Even if it's a couple minutes to spend with God, that's, that's enough if that's if that's genuinely all you can do then that's that's all you can do but i would bet there you could probably even spend more time than you think you can i mean and and dude i mean i feel like we've talked about this before but like the the strategy of like getting the foot in the door Mm -hmm. like with working out for example or reading the bible like just getting it done every day like just if you're not doing it right now just starting like even if it sounds stupid, because like oftentimes when you're first starting, you want to be like, oh, I want to get in this regimen. I'm going to do it. I promised myself I'm going to get this done. Um, I can do it. Like I'm going to read a chapter a day or something mm-hmm. and you burn out. Like the first yep. three days you're good, but then you burn out. It's like, oh my gosh, I can never do this. Hmm. So you need to, I think oftentimes we need to humble ourselves, realize we're not going to be pros at the start, but also understanding success is, is kind of like an exponential curve, yep. right? At the beginning, it's going to be super difficult to do it, but the more you do it, the easy something that gets easier the task itself, but it becomes habit. Becomes your nature, and yeah. It becomes part of your nature almost, yeah. Yep. And in a similar way, and we'll get into this a little bit, but it's like the same thing with working out. But yep. if anything you do, um, you, just the more you do it, just getting your foot in the door, getting that mm-hmm. habit established, it's going to become easier. And you might not see the so, results right away, just like, and again, we'll probably, well, I mean, maybe we can get into this, you know, after this, because that's where we're going with the conversation, but it's, it's like working out. I mean, I, and maybe I'll, I'll save this for a little bit, but just quickly, you know, like I worked out for several years before I finally started getting serious about it. And we'll save that more for, for that conversation in a little bit, but you know, and now, now that I'm finally doing it consistently, I'm st- and starting to eat like I should to try to put on muscle. It's, I'm finally seeing results and it's the same thing. It's the same thing with with reading the Bible. You know, it even there's even passages in the Bible that say like, or that that at least imply. It might not say it directly that we basically when you start out reading the Bible, you have to consume it like like baby food. 
or like like a new like a newborn baby at its at its mother's breast. I think it might be how it phrases. It's actually it or something First like John. Okay. It's First John. And then he's talking you know, about the growth of Christians going yeah. from babies to to young men to men mm-hmm. to yep. old men. There's a yeah. progression. Yep. And so I mean, you can't when you don't have any teeth, you're not going to be able to bite into a steak. I know I, I've heard this illustration used a lot of times in in church. Um, you know, at first you just need you need you know you need the, the uh, excuse me you need the liquids at first before you can bite into you know a, a you know a full steak and you have to kind of ease into that as a baby you know the food you're able to eat it gets a little bit tougher and stuff but eventually I'm just you get to a point right now uh, somebody with no teeth eating a steak just <laughs> chewing it they would literally just be chewing for no reason and it wouldn't get anywhere so. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a good picture, and I'm sure with with Joe's extra help there, now you're probably picturing that in your head too if you're listening to this. So, <laughs> well, everybody listening, to close your eyes. Yep. Think about somebody with no teeth, <laughs> no dentures either. Like yeah. Just no teeth. Period. Yeah, just the gums. Just biting a nice juicy piece of steak. Uh, but to be honest, if you don't have teeth, you could probably chew a steak for eternity. Yeah. Like you could just chew and chew and chew and chew. It just wouldn't go away, right? Yeah. Unless it was super super tender, but it'd have to be like po- it'd have to be like pulled pork tender for it to. For you to be able to eventually <laughs> swallow it. <laughs> okay, well, we're getting off topic now, so I kind of—I mean, just to wrap everything up. I think, uh, first of all, I think the question I want everybody to think about is, and really, I think we we answered it. Really, I mean, I don't think you can be a Christian without being a disciple. And Not a true Christian, no. No, and and the scriptures we went over it kind of highlights what it means to be a disciple, uh, the importance of being a disciple, and also what we give up to be a disciple. Um, so I, yeah, I just want everybody to think about that, pray about it. Um, it's a, it's a high cost, right? It's a very high cost. And again, would re, would encourage everybody as we always do to read over what we talked about. Um, cause ultimately it's your responsibility and your, it's up to you to, to do the, uh, to re- the research to, to make sure that what the word says is true and that, it, um, it's not just us saying it, but it's, yep. it's true. It's the objective truth. Yeah. So, and, and on that you point want to say too. Else? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say real quickly the passages if you want to look these up, because um, I, I don't think we'll be able to fit the full references in our descriptions when we post this podcast. But um, you know, this is about the thirty-eight minute mark. If you want to go back and listen to this by the end of the podcast, it's Matthew twenty-eight verses eighteen through twenty, Mark one fourteen through eighteen, Luke nine twenty-three to twenty-six. Luke 14, 25 through 33, and then Acts 11, 19 through 26. And like Joe said, there are what, 270 references in the New Testament to the word disciple or disciples. So, I mean, we're using Bible Gateway Gateway right now, and I know, um, you know, it might be study tools or even just in the search bar where you can look up the word disciple or disciples. And even, you know, we, we scratch the surface when it comes to, I mean, we, we, we had some pretty deep passages here, but we still only scratch the surface when it comes to discipleship in especially in the new testament yeah and the, and, the, and actually the last point you made there is kind of a great way to to sum this all up when you're thinking about uh can you be a disciple without being a christian or can you be a christian without being a disciple um so i think a lot of people are like well i don't feel fit to be a disciple i can't lead i can't uh, express the gospel uh proficiently and eloquently um and efficiently but then why is it that disciple is mentioned 270 times and the word Christians only meant mentioned three times. Hmm. Right. And even you said that the definition of a Christian is what little Christ. And what was Christ? 
a disciple the the, a disciple the ultimate disciple yeah the disciple right so yeah that's a great way to sum things up there wouldn't um, be the 12 disciples without the one disciple yeah and there wouldn't be what the hundreds of thousands millions of exactly. disciples now if christ without, wouldn't have came so yep one um, leads to i mean over the years what maybe a billion at least probably more oh, yeah. than that oh yeah yeah for sure i mean right now i'm not sure about the number of christians in the world yeah. but but from I mean, from to, the you'd time have to that, Jesus that came. way down by the way yeah. you have to whittle it way down from <laughs> what they for say true christians at least there might be about a billion yeah. that claim to be but yeah the ones that claim to be and then go to the club on every friday night and yep. hooking up saturday night and yep. yeah all right well now we uh, wrap that up i think it's we should go back to what we were kind of talking about with working out. So, okay. um, you were talking about, you know, you took years to work, start working out. I mean, you've been working out for years. We've both been working out. I think you've been Off a little more consistent as of late than as I have. As of late, definitely. But, but we've both been working out for years. Oh yeah. So I guess it started kind with, of, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say it started with playing sports in high school, really. And even, yeah, probably, I probably a little bit before, like maybe, maybe like eighth grade summer I might have, but that was probably about the earliest yeah. that I really did. Even though we just sat on the bikes for baseball workouts and did nothing because yeah. Fraley <laughs> went in four-hour workouts. <laughs> Trust me, con- con- conditioning has always been a difficult thing to, to put into my workouts, but. <laughs> Shout out Fraley, man. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, what, uh, what kind of changed? Because, like, I know I was telling you a little bit on the phone about stuff I've been doing recently, but what was the mentality shift? to get more consistent and uh, start eating right and all that. Um, I, I, the, the first thing I'll say is credit to credit to my parents, first of all, because we, we, for the most part, had a very, very healthy um, diet growing up. You know, we'd always have some sort of, some sort of meat, some sort of protein, um, some sort of carbs, especially as we got older, became more healthy carbs. Like sweet potatoes started as a thing that we had probably since I was maybe near the end of high school. Um, and then, and then always some sort of vegetables too. And they're almost always would have berries and stuff available, stuff like that available too. Um, but I think just now being, being on my own and buying my own food, it's like, I can choose exactly what I know is, is the best for my body when it comes to, to, to at least to nutrition. That's why. Um, and then when it comes to like working out, I definitely I have to be careful that it's not vain that I want to put on muscle just to look good. Um, and that I'll be honest, that is part of it, you know, because I want to, you know, look in shape and everything. Um, but it's also just having a healthy body, something that, you know, God willing, I can have a healthy body and a useful body until I'm, you know, until I'm in my seventies even or eighties or and not, not break down when I'm, when I'm old, you know? Um, so that's obviously a big key for it too. And then, you know, I finally, I have, you know, they have a gym here. And so that's why I've been able to do it pretty much, pretty much every day. And it's just, I started really working out every day, pretty much like right after I moved here in February, I had been for probably the last couple of years working out at least four times a week. I would say on average, sometimes I'd have weeks where I went like five and other times I'd have weeks where I went like one or two, but I think the big change for me is that it's become it's become a habit now. I'm about two, almost three months into working out every single day, um, 
and the thing I'll say about that is you have to make sure it's sustainable. If if you can't if you can work out for only like 20 30 minutes then that's that's okay. Um and if you try to go for, you know, over an hour, you're probably not going to be able to do it seven times a week and everybody has different different amounts that they can work out. Um but yeah, it's just become something that I've become a little bit more passionate about than I used to be because I think it's really important for all of us as human beings to be taken care of. I mean, our bodies are a temple, getting back to a little bit of scripture there. Um, and again, we, we do have to be careful, myself included, to not be vain about it. But if we're, you know, looking at it from the perspective of, you know, this is God's gift to us, is the bodies that we have. Um, it's a temple. It's, it's you know, there are ways that we can worship God with our bodies. Um and, and, you know, if you're if you're in shape and able to lift a lot, there are a lot of things in ministry that you can do, you know, whether it's like mission trips or helping out around the church. Um, there's a lot more things that you can do if you're in shape. So. So, yeah, I would just say it's something that I've really become passionate about now. Um, and it's it's also fun for me, too. Like I, it's reached the point now we're going into the gym every day is fun. And it's something that I try to make time for every day. And I know I kind of blabbered on there for a little bit, but that's my big picture of it. I mean, on your last point about being fun, it's true because the fun part is, um, I think, I mean, honestly, this is why a lot of young men suffer these days because we're not challenging ourselves as men, mm-hmm. but when you're able to, like <laughs> the fact that we realize in our minds, uh, and as I've worked out more recently and been picking it up more, it's like, I remember back in the days when I was busting my butt five days, six days a week, <laughs> doing it every, every week consistently. Yeah. The reason I loved it so much, and probably you can agree to this, is because you realize how hard it's going to be. You understand it. It's going to suck like crazy. But you still do it anyways. You're like, dude, I don't care. I'm still going to get my butt in there and get it done. Like, it doesn't matter how hard it's going to be. You wake up. Some days you don't feel like doing it, right? Oh, yeah. Leg days especially. a lot of days. But I've grown to to appreciate leg days too. (laughs) Right. But even those days, honestly, maybe it's most days you don't feel like doing it. But hmm. the, the fact we know, like, all right, I'm going to do it anyways, it gives you confidence, right? It's like, dude, like, it, it's almost like it's it makes you realize that anything you put your mind to, you can do. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to go and do this terrible thing for an hour, you, like, nobody's going to make you go move around heavy things for an hour Yep. and, and put your muscles in pain. <laughs> So that's the fun part, I think, because yep. it boosts your um, confidence, your ability to do things that are pretty hard. But it's also, I think, a momentum thing. So you're talking about working out every single day. I think that, and I was at a place one time where I did that too, and maybe one day I'll be there again. But uh, the most important thing is consistency and finding what you're comfortable with. Yep. So if you can maintain seven days a week, you can maintain it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with wrong with four or five days a week. Yep, Even three days a week, if you're, as long as you're consistent with it mm-hmm. um, and just finding what you're comfortable with. But I think also um, it's one of those things like kind of like work. The less you work, the less you want to work mm-hmm. and the harder it becomes to work. That's very true. I know whenever I've had right. gaps in between like when, between jobs or like after graduating from college, I know like the first couple of days starting out here were a little the first rough days. Yep, yeah. they were a little rough getting started, but then once I got, got once I got going with the work, I you know, obviously I'm doing something I love too, but yeah, you're 100% right in that that it's it's tough when you when you've gone through a lull of of not of not doing work or of of or of working out. And back to what you were originally talking about with establishing a routine, 
It's not about speed. It's about momentum. Yep. It's not about getting fast right away. It's about mo- building that momentum, building that curve to to the point where it's, it becomes comfortable, it becomes a habit. Um, and I noticed personally, maybe and, and you can talk about this if you want, but the more consistently, like every day you're doing these disciplines and hard things, the easier it becomes, like once you do them, to keep doing them. Like if you mm-hmm. go from not doing anything at all you're trying to work out, you're trying to, like, for example, I try to read as a discipline every day, yeah. reading books, um, even eating healthy. Like, the yep. less you do it, the harder it is to do it, right? 100%. But the more you do these hard things, it does become a habit. And it, I'm very cautious to, to, to say it becomes easy, but in a way it does. You know what I, I mean? I would agree. Yeah, I would agree that it is yeah. tough to say that, but it, it kind of does once you really get into the routine of doing it. Because it's never really easy. But no. It, it becomes easier. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. I actually, I, it's, it's, it's hard, hard to you mention that because I, I had a moment yesterday where I was, um, I was kind of like, it was, it was kind of a, a little bit of a lazy day for me after I finished the, the baseball game that I was covering yesterday. Um, so I was playing a little bit of FIFA and I was, I actually kind of got this, like this, this urge that I haven't really had too much of to get some pizza hut. Cause I had like pizza oh, hut or anything for a while. Oh no. Um, and I got really close. I even got onto the to the Pizza Hut website <laughs> to order a pizza. I'm dead serious. What this was it? <laughs> Peter Peter 2019 was it 2019 when you really beefed up? Summer 2018. 2018, right? It was Peter, I got my Peter freshman 15 pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Let's say Peter 2018 came knocking said, "I want some pizza." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was protein shakes for me. Way too many protein shakes. <laughs> Bro, you, I had like two a day. I still I still would never be able to conceive how you beefed up so quick that was it was crazy. like 30 30 pounds in like three months and trust me it wasn't all muscle not like it is right now <laughs> and even still yeah, it's not was... all muscle but bro you you were in good shape still but yeah. i'm not gonna cap you're a little puffy you're definitely well, i wasn't playing puffy. any more sports either too so you got to think about that i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't doing any of the conditioning or cardio or anything so that's a big part of it <laughs> yeah for sure bro. but no trust me that was crazy that, that when i was beefing up like that too oreos were still a big part of my diet i mean you know that i used to bring oh, oreos yeah. to lunch every day and oh, yeah. and then I think well, I, I finally also you know I reached butter and honey. oh yeah that, that's pretty oh, good yeah. though it, you know if you have some some healthy bread and some healthy peanut butter and some healthy honey it's a it's a good relatively speaking relatively healthy healthy like for me it's more of a snack now but actually uh, have you, are you familiar with the carnivore diet at all yeah I think so okay so totally random but Jordan Peterson which I love yeah he does the carnivore diet it's only animal products okay but the crazy part it's like a zero carb diet quote unquote like people think it's no carbs but the crazy part is you can have honey hmm. because honey is Comes from, from animals bees, yeah there's, yeah there's nothing in it it's not like any i don't know it's not sugar i mean it is sugar, it's natural it's sugar it's 100 percent. it's like it's like from animals. it's like berries too kind of but not made berries are made from animals but they're they're natural sugars pretty much yeah i, th- I think honey honestly is is one of the most healthy uh if not the most healthy sugar there is, I would say probably even. It's, it's probably the most. I'm not sure where like sugar, truly right? like natural cane sugar stacks up because I feel like the sugar that we have is very different than like just pure natural cane sugar because it's just mm-hmm. so over processed. But yeah, I would imagine it's probably, probably honey probably is at the top of that list. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, you have honey, and then I guess I would say maybe milk because the sugar in milk. Yeah. Um, coming straight from cows. 
But again, the stuff that you get at the store, the stuff you get at the store is not straight from straight from the cow. And plus, there's a bunch of uh, antibiotics and yeah. all that crap in the milk. Yeah. Which I mean, I drink it anyways. So who the heck knows what's what's going on in my body? True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, back to what we were saying. Though, I I think uh, it's just crazy how much momentum plays in a factor, right? Into something. Well, and what I was gonna you could take. I was gonna say you could take any Joe Schmo off the street. Yeah. If you give him the proper mentality, first of all, if he believes in himself and he just gets his butt in the gym, like, if he says, no matter what, I'm going to show up three days a week, do the minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, just minimum. Once he goes for a couple weeks, he doesn't even realize, like, hold on a sec, I could be doing way more than this. Like, I, I'm capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so crazy how powerful that is, that momentum. Yeah. And then, yeah, like... And then going into, you know, the, the momentum and then, like, the ease of, of doing things. It was like like I was getting into with the, with the Pizza Hut. It was, you know, I was, I was almost about ready to order. And I'm like, you know what? Why would I throw away? And th- that's not to say you can never have any food like that. Um, but my thinking was, like, why would I throw away all this work that I've put in of eating very, very clean, almost as clean as I possibly can of salmon and chicken and sweet potatoes and and vegetables, um, you know, that makes up, that's like the entirety of my diet pretty much right now. Um, why would I throw away all that work I've put in for, for one pizza just cause I don't feel like cooking. And that's the other thing too. When, when you're, when you eat healthy, a lot of times, I mean, you have, there, there's options like HelloFresh, but I, I like having control of the flavors and stuff that I put into the food that I eat. Um, so, but, but it's, it's well, I mean, hold on. So technically you're, you're Caucasian, right? Yeah. So us Caucasians, we don't season our food. So what do you, I mean, <laughs> Garlic, garlic, chicken, right? Gar- well, chicken, I have. There's, there's this brown sugar bourbon like seasoning from I think McCormick or something like that. That's really good. So I use that. Okay. I use that on chicken sometimes. And then for for salmon, garlic and parmesan. It's that's the goat. And actually, I haven't done this for a while, but a little bit of brown sugar, not not with the garlic and parmesan. I don't think that would taste very good, but. <laughs> <laughs> But a little bit of brown sugar on salmon too. We had that uh, in the past. Uh, my my dad used to make that. Um, that's that's a pretty. I, gotta, good topic I have an too. interesting question. Yeah. Interesting question. Go ahead. Do you think honey and salmon would be good? I think it potentially could be good. I might have to try that. I have some honey in my pantry. I might yeah. have to try that. I'm actually I'm, I'm going to make some salmon after after we're done recording this as my kind of late night meal. Um, so yeah, I might little, have to try yeah, that. A little honey. Yeah, I might have to try that. Because I don't know if you. I don't know if you ever tried this, but like, if you ever have bacon, yeah, and like, I, I've gone to turkey syrup. bacon though. I think I I told I might have told you that on the phone, but yeah, we both like turkey yeah. bacon. But have you ever dipped bacon or sausage in like maple syrup? I've done maple syrup because I heard that that was good, and I, yeah. I I definitely agree with people who say that that's really good. I think it's it's a it's fire. It's an underrated combination, for sure. It almost makes like I said, it almost makes you think about the salmon. I think it could work with honey. Yeah. Do Do you think? Do you think I should cook it with the honey? Because I'm, I'm legitimately thinking about this, and I'm going to do this when we're done recording. Do you think I should cook it with the honey or put the honey on after I cook it? I would say after. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't know, but I don't think honey would cook that well. Right. I didn't personally. think so either. It might stick to the pan too. So You'd have to mix it with something, yeah. you know? Make it like a glaze Yeah. maybe. I don't know. But I would, I would just throw it on after. Yeah. I might do so. the, the br- little bit of brown sugar, not too much. Um, yeah. But I also have this really good combination that I put on my sweet potatoes. We're getting into food talk now, and now I'm getting hungry. But uh, so I, I I cook my sweet potatoes in the oven, and then I put some butter, and then I have this mix that I make every once in a while whenever it runs out of um, 
Regular Oreos. sugar. What? Oreos. <laughs> yeah. Oreos on sweet potatoes. <laughs> I wish. I, sometimes I miss my Oreos, but I know that it's it's probably a good thing to avoid them because they, not only are they full of sugar, but they're full of, like, GMOs Dude, and all, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the ingredients. I, so trash. Yeah. But uh, our younger our younger bodies are able to kind of handle that stuff a little bit better. <laughs> That's why so I had them think, a lot. Man, true. Are we, are we planting seeds of disease in us? That's true. Disease. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cinnamon, brown sugar, and regular sugar, and kind of mix it up and put it on top of sweet potatoes. It is the bomb. Have you had? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you have. I don't know if this is like a rare thing, but I know I had it when I was growing up. You take toast, and you put like butter toast, yep. and like cinnamon and sh- and brown sugar. Yep. We called that special it's specialty so cinnamon toast in our house. If that my mom so if my fire, mom listens bro. to this, she'll she'll get a smile out of that. We used to always call it specialty cinnamon toast. And the other the other funny thing is I'll let you in let you and the listeners in on a little family family joke. I used to growing up, and you might have remembered this even back in high school, I, I talked pretty quick. And so I used to yeah. like like one of the things you know about spiritual emphasis, I always used in high school even I would say like spiritual emphasis, like super quick. And it's like slurred pretty Spiritus. much. Spiritual emphasis. Um, and then specialty cinnamon toast, you know, you remind me of Logan, bro. (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) but specialty cinnamon toast. I, I did not say all those syllables. It was like specialty cinnamon toast. Like I I used, I said it so quick. I'm not going to cap. You're good at that. You're good at that. All these years. All right. right, Hold on. Hold on. Getting a wrap. I want you to say as fast. I'm going to say as fast, as fast as you can. Ready? Specialty cinnamon toast. You can go quick. No, I, I was asking if that's what you wanted me. Time. I was asking if that's what you wanted me to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell me if you can even understand Three. it though. That's the only thing. Go ahead. Three, two. Especially cinnamon <laughs> <laughs> That showed up as like a quick little little burst on the on audacity. <laughs> it was just one blur. Yeah, pretty you much. <laughs> yeah. One little spike. But well, anyways, we got we got way off we, topic. We got but way <laughs> off track. Yeah, yeah. I do. We I do. If it's, if it's all right, I do kind of want to lay out for people who are listening, maybe want to get into working out. What I do um, on a weekly, if you think if you think that's cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Go I, ahead. And I kind of talked talked to you a little bit about it when we were on the phone a couple of days ago. But um, as I'm hold on, as I'm grabbing my dark chocolate pretzels. <laughs> well, dark chocolate's good for the heart. It actually is. Dark chocolate's good for your heart. So. It does. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy, even though you're not eating great. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's what they mean when they say that. <laughs> that's secretly that's what doctors mean when they say that dark chocolate helps your heart. <laughs> All sugary foods, they're they're great for the heart. Yeah. Maybe not for your stomach, but for your heart, they're great for sure. But anyways, while you're, while you're munching on those pretzels, um, so it, I, and I was I was telling Joe about this. It's it's a push pull legs day, but since I'm doing it seven seven days a week, I end up. Uh, I guess I'd call it tripling up instead of doubling up on one of those. So, um, like, I'll have a week where maybe I'll do where it starts out push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs, and then push on on Sunday. And then next week it'll be pull on Sunday and then legs the next Sunday. Um, So what's nice about that is they, you know, normally what I've seen is recommended is two to three times a week working out muscle groups, and that's exactly what I'm hitting. Um, So on push days, what I'll do and again, everybody everybody has different workout plans. This is just what's what's really worked for me. Um, and I think if if you're able to put in the work to do this, I think it's a really good really good plan to go by because I've enjoyed doing it. My muscles aren't horribly sore by the time I hit them again. 
Um, it's like it's a proper recovery time because obviously recovery is very important too. I'm not, you know, going full body every day. If I did that, that wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be able to maintain that. But on my push days, I have one where I focus on kind of chest, maybe a little bit of triceps, and another one where I focus on shoulders. On my pull days, I focus on, um, you know, mainly biceps, a little bit of triceps, and then back on the other one, and then legs. I have one where I lift kind of heavy and then another one where maybe I'll just get on the bike or do like kind of lighter leg exercises. So I just, again, like I said, I've gotten passionate about working out. So I kind of just wanted to share, share what I've been doing in the gym. Um, and I do that normally for between normally, normally it's not around 30 minutes, but between 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes if I'm really feeling it, I'll go an hour, but it's all about knowing, knowing what your body can handle and what you can maintain you know, if you can only get in three days a week, I would recommend doing a little bit longer than what I do. But, um, again, everybody's a little bit different, but yeah, I just, I've really, like I said, I enjoy doing it. So I kind of wanted to share what I've been doing. And I think it's better to have 30 or 45 quality minutes as opposed to an hour exactly. where you're just sitting around having a ton of breaks. Yeah. And speaking of quality time and like quality lifts and everything, my strong recommendation is to not ego lift. And that's something that I, I'm able to start doing more weights now because I've been doing it so consistently, but focus on the, the movement and the mind muscle connection before you worry about, um, you know, how much you're lifting. You might, you know, you might not be lifting as much as the In proper form. Exactly. In proper form. And so if that means, if that means doing, you know, bench press with two 20 pound dumbbells, if that's where you're starting out then that's where you're starting out and don't worry about the guy next to you. Who's okay. And don't worry about the person next to you who's uh, who's doing you know two, you know two one hundred pound dumbbells. You know they're probably been doing it for a while. Maybe they're on some on some extra assistance. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's and again, the more you're in there, the more I've noticed like like I had worked out in just in the basement for a while because I didn't want to pay for a gym membership and I wasn't sure. You know, I, I was kind of worried about being you know the scrawny kid who was there lifting like hardly anything. But once you start getting in the gym more. It's really about that first first time and even like the first week. And once you've been there, you just again, you enjoy being there and you don't you don't care what other people think and it goes back to that that confidence thing that you were talking about too. And on the subject of like you say you work out 7 days a week, I'm sure a lot of people are like, "Oh, dude, you no, you should like 3 days a week. You need to rest." But man, I read this book called The Way of the Seal. It's written by an ex-Navy SEAL, okay, Mark Devine. Excellent book. He also wrote a book called Eight Weeks to Seal Fit, which is a great workout plan. Fully, Highly recommend. I have to check out both of but those. He has a principle in those books called the 20X Principle. Okay. And it's what you think you're capable of, you're capable of 20 times that. Hmm. Because as a ex-Navy SEAL, what those guys go through, it's called Hell Week. Yep. They have seven days of like the most strenuous exercise you could possibly think of way, way harder than what I do. Yeah. Way, way harder than what you do. Yep. And I'm not saying that belittling what, belittling what you do. Right. But it's just the, the nature of their stuff. Yeah. They go 24 hours a day. They don't sleep for a week. Yeah. No sleep for a week. And guess what? Their bodies come out. They're, they are alive. Their bodies come out stronger. They have more muscle. No sleep for a week. Working out 24 hours every single day in the ocean. So when you're talking about three, like people say, oh, you only work out three days a week. No, man. I think whatever you can handle, um, 
you can and there's do more. some science on rest. Like if yeah. you're way overdoing it, you need to stop. Well, that's why I say, you know, I don't do, you know, full body where I'm hitting every muscle because I know how important rest and recovery is. But but I, th- I think in general, though, like nowadays, like people are way too soft about things. Like mm-hmm. our bodies were designed to handle so much. Yeah. Back in the day when we didn't have all these, you know, nice houses and all these uh, like American uh, um luxuries whatever you want to call it when you when you had to grow your own when you had to grow your own crops take care you know farm your own animals all that stuff Go kill an animal right go kill animals to eat them forage outside all day long in the heat yep you don't know where you're going to get water from without you know know, without machinery to lift heavy objects you have to lift them yourself or you know or it's not going to be not going to be done you know yeah right like like what i'm saying is we're designed to to endure so much yep we get we got to get out of this soft mindset, but it's not to say overdo everything, go crazy, but just man, it's gonna be all right. Like you can handle yeah. if you can handle seven days a week, you can do it. Yep. At the end of the day, it's it's not gonna kill you. Yep. But that that might real quick that might be something for a different podcast, unless you want to get into a little bit. Is it's all about making breaking through those mind barriers. It's and something that I've actually found, and we've talked about this before too, that helps with that, and it's been proven scientifically to help with it is taking cold showers. Yep, and that might be that might do. be that might be the worst way worst that you can think you of. That might be the worst thing way that you could think of to wake up in the morning. But I've been doing that now. Same thing. I've been doing that for about three months now, consistently. I, actually, I had been doing that a little bit before I moved out here at home too. So pr- that I might be have been doing that for about six months. And I'll be honest. I'll be and transparent. To, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, real quick. I would say to add some extra incentive. It's not just. It's not like it's, oh, it's so hard, mm-hmm. but there's real benefits. Yep. It helps your skin. Yep. Helps your hair. Mm-hmm. It helps you know. It helps you breathe. Actually, when you get in there, you're like, oh, like yep. taking deep breaths, but that wakes you up. Oh man, we lost Peter. Okay, so Peter's phone died. <laughs> we <We're gonna, laughs> decided. Sorry, everybody. We made an executive decision to include the audio where I say, "Oh no, we lost Peter." So if you guys heard that just now, <laughs> that's what happened. But, uh, I mean, I think we were talking about cold showers and I was kind of saying, uh, there's benefits outside of just the discipline part of it. Like your skin, your hair. And even like what I was saying is, I think what I left off saying was like the breathing thing. You don't notice it, but when you get in the cold shower, you're forced to like take deep breaths and it's like, you're trying to ground yourself. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're hyperventilate, hyperventilate. Hyperventilate. Yeah. You're not careful. (laughs) You're hyperventilate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little off from my phone dying, but oh man, Peter's off I, his game. Actually, my my phone. The reason it's so low probably is and the reason it went so quickly is because I Facetimed my mom earlier today because it's her birthday today. So hey, happy happy birthday, Miss Burnett. Shout yeah, it's it's, it's always yeah it's always a special time for her because she has Mother's Day and then you know sometimes it even happens back to back days. I think that's the closest it can be because Mother's Day is the second second Sunday. So. There have, there have been a couple of years I remember growing up where she'd have Mother's Day on the 14th and then her birthday on the 15th. So pretty pretty cool for her. So shout out shout out my mom. Yeah, shout out Mom and Burnett. I wish I could have my birthday. Like I always hear people have birthdays <laughs> on Christmas. It's like, dude. Right. But then again, you don't want that low-key because you don't get as much presents. Right, because you get less presents. You get less presents for your birthday and for Christmas. Because it's all about... You get them all at the same time, but... It's all about receiving, right? We all... Like, it's, oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. Like, <laughs> Let's we, be honest. We just want gifts. <laughs> It's not about I mean, giving. Let's, 
we, we we say the nice things about about that that's not the case, but let's be honest, it is. That's why we go to church <laughs> to get things, right? We don't go to give. We don't go to serve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, rap- I, I think we were kind of talking about uh, just all things. What you brought up cold showers. You're talking about this one, right? Like how that's made it easier, yeah. quote unquote. It's not necessarily easier. Yeah, it it, but... it just. It, it, it's another thing that it helps with that I've like read about a little bit and watch YouTube videos about it is, is it helps with that like executive decisions. So like going back to, to choosing to take the time to, to make salmon instead of ordering pizza hut, it having a cold shower kind of, because it's an, ex, what the, you know, it's an executive decision to take that cold shower, you know, to, to make that tough decision to do that. And yeah, you don't have to. And that's one of the first things I do in the day, obviously when I get up is to take that cold shower um, oh, and one thing I was going to say before my phone died too also is, I'll be honest, I don't fully go ice cold the whole time because if I did that when I was washing my, like, like my head, especially it, it you know, I don't want to get brain freeze or something like that. So just like, it's kind of the same thing with working out. Like if I like went crazy and tried to work out like an hour and a half every day, it just, I don't, I couldn't keep that going, but, Unsta- and it's the same thing with cold showers. Exactly. If I left it like ice cold and there are some people and maybe i'll work up to it some at some point but leaving it ice cold the whole time right now and maybe it's you know maybe it's a mental barrier i need to break through um but again i also don't want to i don't want to freeze while i'm in there you know um and there is a level of things like if you didn't take the cold shower it'd be that much harder to start your workout but it's like when you do the cold shower it's like all right well i did that like i might as well just freaking do this crap you know what i mean when i say and some people it doesn't have the same effect on them, but for me, I say it's almost like my coffee too. It gives me that energy shot in the morning mm-hmm. because it wakes you up. If you're not awake before you jump in that cold shower, you, trust me, you will be when you feel that ice cold water. I like to talk about in the future. I don't know if you've done this, but just the power of like fasting and coffee, that caffeine and fasting yeah. okay. blend. It's powerful, man. See, powerful. if if I have coffee on an empty stomach, I get like jittery and lightheaded. So I've I've oh, done that really? before, and it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So you, you have to eat something with coffee. Yeah. Well, and even still, I just, coffee doesn't really agree with me, so I don't really drink it. Um, I actually, this week, I just started, had, I had tea a couple of times this week, just some like chai, chai tea. It's like a little like mixture that's in a bag that I just toss in. It's almost like a, like a powdered lemonade sort of thing, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, and that, and I think tea has a little bit of caffeine in it, but it didn't get me all like jittery or anything, or like I don't want to say twitchy, but you know, if if you've ever had maybe too much coffee, you might or too much caffeine, you might yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can only have like two, two and a half cups of coffee. Anything above. See, that. I can't even have like a full cup of coffee, and it just, yeah. The fun. I mean, the funny thing is, I could always like drink, you know, other caffeinated things like like a, and it's probably a lot lower caffeine, maybe not too much lower, but like a Mountain Dew. You know, when I was younger, and that wouldn't get me like that. But it's also been a while since I've had coffee. So I was actually I was talking about this with I think with my mom actually earlier today, or one of the last times that we talked about. It's been a while since I had coffee, so maybe it wouldn't be the same issue now. But it's just something that happened for me when I used to when I used to drink it a little bit. And honestly, I, I don't really need it. Like I, I normally am energized enough to, you know, to do work and to work out and to not be asleep in the middle of the afternoon. So. I'm not going to cap, really though. Been a need. Coffee, the coffee dumps are so consistent. 
is so amazing. <laughs> it's like when you take that coffee, you like it's the second you start drinking it, you feel everything start to move. You're like, okay, yep. Here we go. See, see what see what does that for me is my is my breakfast. Really, I have yogurt. I have yogurt because that really like clear yogurt like is really good for gut health. Um, and then berries. Berries can also get your get your digestive system flowing, and then berries get and the then turkey bacon moving. too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but seriously, it's it's a topic that nobody really talks about. But bowel health is very important. Yeah. You know, and if you're not if you're not sitting on the pot, you know, at least every couple of days, you know, oh, it's, it probably means you're not you're not eating enough, that. or you're not. I know. I'm just I'm giving a very a, a low threshold. Imagine you only pooped um, it once every four days. <laughs> I said I said every other day, but yeah, once you, every four days there there would be a major even that low key consistently would be pretty terrible. Yeah, like I need to drop a deuce at least once a day. Let's be <laughs> honest. Yeah. <laughs> But but that's anyways, we're gonna yeah, title I mean, the episode. That's where we're gonna title it. <laughs> but yeah, I, we're getting actually we're getting pretty uh, pretty far along here. I think the combination of both were over an hour and fifteen minutes almost. So probably yeah, yeah. we're getting there. So we're gonna, I think we're gonna cut this episode short. Um, we didn't get too much uh, of a chance to go into crypto, but we timed it up. Crypto crashed. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, it means but it's on a little bit of a rebound right now. Rebounding so a little bit. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it, and I would encourage. Not and actually, the, the message today. Buy it yeah, up. Go ahead first. Buy when it's low. Yeah. Sell when it's high. That's always the advice. Not financial advice, but buy when it's low. Sell when it's high. Yep. There's a lot less risk in that too. Yes. You can get more for less. You get in when it's low. And, then, and also, the more people that buy, the more it's going to go up too, because that's why that's why it crashes like it does, is because when it moves down a little bit, everybody freaks sell. out and they sell. Yep. Not the diamond handers though. Never. We never sell. Yep. For sure. Yep. But and, and another thing too, actually, the we're going through the fruits of the spirit. So maybe this could be our, maybe even like our next po- podcast topic. Um, we're going through the fruits of the spirit at my church right now, and today, like love, joy, peace, and patience was the one for today. So that's a key one to apply to to crypto, and you know, even like the stock. I know the stock market's been a little bit down too, just like regular stocks. Um, patience, patience is the key. Obviously, more importantly in our faith life, but even even in crypto too, patience is very important. Yeah, it's a virtue, and uh, yep, I'd love to do an episode on the the fruits of the spirit for sure. I think a topic. Yeah. I think I was talking to your dad about that. Um, at some point, that might have been spiritual gifts, but maybe fruits gifts, of the spirit too. I think fruits too. I mean, okay, but either way, I'd love to talk about that. So maybe that'll be the next the next yeah. episode. But I do want to say, sure. uh, it's. It's been what has it been two weeks since our last episode since we recorded in yeah probably about two weeks maybe even three because we we always do it on like a Sunday or Monday so but I thought it was like I don't know a, if it's probably been three yeah two or three weeks but either way uh, yeah it's great to get another episode going I miss the podcast sure. so um, again grateful for for everybody continuing to tune in uh, if you made it this far we're especially grateful um, hour and fifteen minutes in we commend you uh, but I yeah. think it's been an entertaining conversation so. Uh, for sure. Hope we gave you guys some value. Hope everybody took something away from this and just the importance of being a disciple. I don't, it's not possible in my opinion, or I think the scripture speaks for itself to be a disciple, uh, or to be a Christian without being a disciple. And, uh, I think we need to all understand what that really means, um, and try to be a disciple every single day. And, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully gave you guys some tips with, uh, what working out and eating right and discipline and momentum and, uh, yep. these important tenants in life. 
I think uh, it was a great episode. So, is there anything yeah. else you want to add? Um, I yeah, I just I think it was a great episode, and I think the momentum also goes to being a disciple. Once you start being a true disciple, you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna find like we talked about. You know, it's tough to say whether it's gonna be easy to work out more and to eat healthier more, but it kind of does become easier. So, the more that you become a true disciple and live out the verses that we read today, the the more you're going to be able to do that. So it's all about getting started in that too. I'm That's the one thing I'm going to think about is what is a word that describes that? Cause it's not easier to do a task, but it does become easier in some ways. Maybe it's more natural. It's just, it's a very strange, uh, duplicity there, but yeah. Anyways, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So, um, like I said, appreciate everybody listening. If you listen to this far, or if you listen at all, please rate the podcast, leave a like on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we will see you guys next episode. Peace out. Peace.